1: your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake. Let's go along with your host, James Rapine, who is here to tell us about another day of Bengals training camp. We've got you covered from Joe Burrow with pads on and this offense that seems to be continuing to struggle early on in Bengals camp. An update on the trenches where we have some injury replacements and some general shuffling and full pads. So we get to see a little bit more contact in that area, get a little bit better of an idea of what's going on in that trench battle. So we're going to spend some time in the trenches, James. And then we're going to wrap up with this secondary, which continues to, for reasons of their own or because of the offensive <laughs> struggles. One of those two reasons continues to stand out early in camp. And Von Bell spoke with the media today, had some things to say that may shed some light on, you know, the secondary taking some steps, but let's start with Joe Burrow. The struggles continue, but I will say this, there was a highlight, which was a completed deep pass from Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase with Cheetobe Bay in coverage looked like Jamar got him stacked a little bit and made a little bit of separation with a little bit of a tiny veteran push off at the top of the route. I don't think it's anything that would get called in the game, but Hey, a deep ball completion. Unfortunately, it sounds like there's not much else to write home about, right? James.
0: Uh, No, there wasn't uh, at all. And you're right. It was a nice play. It was also in one-on-ones. So to me, if before camp, I said Jamar Chase beat Chidobe Awuzie, and he still didn't have a ton of separation, but he got enough separation downfield to make a play in one-on-ones, I think everyone would be like, yeah, that's going to happen a lot. Well, it happened once, and th- there wasn't a ton. He had a nice catch in one-on-ones, didn't get much separation. Tyler Boyd ha- had a couple nice plays, also had a drop in one-on-ones. But it was our first time seeing one-on-ones, and I thought that that would be – a chance for these wide receivers to get some confidence and and get going and and not even confidence like their confidence is shaken because I don't think it is and maybe it is now after the past couple of days of struggles but more so get into a rhythm because this offense is just so out of rhythm right now and it's unfortunate because you know I post highlights every day and there are highlights right but like that play I can record one-on-ones but the seven on sevens, the 11 on 11s, I'm not allowed to record. And so people can't see those. And this offense struggling mightily, Joe Burrow struggling mightily in any really team possessions. And it's crazy to think about because Jake, I think back to OTAs it was, and Burrow was perfect in seven on sevens. And it was like, he was like, yeah, that's what should happen at seven on sevens. Right now, I mean, they, they're not completing much at all. and It's a lot of checkdowns. There was back-to-back, back, like four-second checkdowns to Tyler Boyd uh, at one stretch of, uh, of seven-on-sevens, and those are sacks, right? Seven-on-seven seven needs to be quick. It needs to be fluid, and it, it just it has not been. And I can't put my finger on it with Burrow. I don't know if he needs a rest day. I don't know if he's uh, just trying to get comfortable and needs just more reps and he needs to be pushed. I don't know if he's just really on track and we, we need to dial back the excitement, but here's what I do know. The Bengals offense is getting its head kicked in right now. And the defense has a, a big, big advantage that uh, just doesn't, it doesn't seem to be slowing down right now, which is, is kind of crazy to think about. And
2: the trash talk has been very yeah. one way. I mean, we're hearing about the the quote unquote swagger. We'll talk about it a little bit later with Von bells comments to the media today, but the offense needs to punch back. And I know they need to actually like get some wins on the football field in order to do that. But Mm -hmm. where's the swagger coming from on this offensive side of the ball? To me, the obvious answer to that question would be Joe Burrow. But if Burrow is struggling, where's that coming from? Joe Mixon, I mean, very supportive of his teammates when things go well, certainly, but, but I just, where Where is that spirit coming from? Where is that energy coming from? And and maybe it's there and we're just not seeing it or, or, or not hearing it as much because the defense is winning more. And, and so they're louder. But this is the third day in a row, James, that we've recorded third episode in a row, I should say, that we've recorded and we've been asking the question of when is the offense going to punch back? And when, is, when are we going to get a good report about the offensive line, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes? When are we going to get a good day from Joe Burrow going perfect in 11 on 11s? Because we're very far from that point And it's it's an early trend. I'm not saying that it's necessarily something that I'm, I'm worried about at this point, but it's starting to get there a little bit because it's been, you know, for the better part of three-ish straight practices.
0: Yeah, it's... It- I think most members of the media right now are close to firing the, the alarm or sounding the alarm. I don't know if I'm there yet because again, he's coming off of a torn ACL. We weren't sure how much he'd be even playing at this stage. And so you got to keep that in mind uh, at the same time. I shouldn't remember the individual plays that stay like that are uh, successful. Like to me, when I'm like, oh man, I remember that one time on Tuesday when Burrow found Chase in 11 on 11, that one time. And outside of that, it's all contested stuff and diving stuff and forcing it into into double coverage. And cause he did, he found Chase on a a crossing route. It was, it's pretty nice. It was also after Trey Hendrickson had an interception and there were multiple sacks that were left on the field. And so I think your point is a good one. Where's the swagger coming from? Where's, that going to pop off for the offense. And normally I think it would be Joe Burrow. And I think it kind of needs to be. Joe Mixon talks too much. And, and so that's that's not going to happen with him, right? Usually it's your leader's a guy who's all right, now's the time I'm gonna to speak up and say something. Joe, I, I just don't think he's that. Maybe it could come from Tyler Boyd, but but right now it just feels like the offense, and I don't think this is the case, but it feels like it. It feels like they're going through the motions. And again, I think they care. I'm not questioning their effort. That's not what I'm saying. But because the defense is just swarming and all over them, it feels like the, the offense is almost playing defense and retreating uh, on, on every play. And that needs to change if they're going to start winning some of these drills and some of these plays and some of these days, which, again, I, I, we have yet to really see a day where the offense has won during camp thus far. Uh, so it's, it, it is it is a bit concerning. There is time to fix it. I think they certainly have the talent to fix it, but there's a, a lot of pieces to that puzzle and a lot of things, a lot of moving parts. And that's, uh, that's just something that uh, we're going to have to sort through here as training camp continues.
2: There is a lot of time left. You're absolutely right about that. And there have been injuries on both sides of the, of the ball, to be sure. And, and like you said, Joe Burrow coming off the ACL. So you know, who knows how much that has to do with things. We do know that as, as we discussed, I think before we were recording, James Burrow had those perfect days in OTAs, or maybe you said it when we were recording and I don't, and I'm, I'm mixing things up, but he had mm-hmm. those perfect I days did. in OTAs and seven on sevens. And, and those mm-hmm. feel like ancient history at this point. And, it's hard. I had a conversation with Aaron um, Membangle, one of our mailbag question askers, a follower of the show on Twitter. And, you know, he made a point that is, it's hard to get too worried about an offense that's led by Joe Burrow, where they've, you know, invested in these offensive weapons the way they have. But at this point, the trend is, you know, we're not getting the separation. We're not getting the sharpness mm-hmm. from Joe Burrow that we need to see, that we would like to see. And so, plenty of time. Plenty of time left in camp, right, to to write that part of this ship. On the other hand, could be good news for the defense. Could be that, you know, some of these defensive players that they've added and there's a lot of new faces, a lot of guys that are getting a bigger role. Maybe they're just playing really well right now. And maybe we should be looking at that and saying, you know what, there's a positive here too, which is potentially that the defense is playing well. But I know that Bengals fans that hear that are probably thinking to the last few years and would say, Well, the defensive line, for example, has looked great the last three years in camp. And then they haven't really been a great pass rushing unit when the season comes around. So plenty of time to figure all that out. We're going to talk about those trenches in particular coming up next and maybe why some of the reasons that the defensive line had such a dominant day. And we'll go there next.
0: Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. So maybe... You don't give a damn about what James is saying from camp and what all of us are saying about Burrow. And you think that Burrow is not only going to bounce back from that knee injury, but you're still bullish that he's going to have a huge year. Because I still think that's uh, more likely than not, right? Well, if you think that, then maybe you want to bet on Joe Burrow being the comeback player of the year. He's one of uh, the highest, uh, most favored players to do so. Or maybe you think Joe Mixon, it's his time. To be comeback player of the year, you can bet on both of those guys plus over unders NBA, Major League Baseball, MMA in one spot. BetOnline.ag. So go there now. And when you go to make that first deposit, use promo code LOCKED ON. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It is simple. BetOnline.ag, promo code LOCKED ON. Get free money. And you can use that to win more money at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Well, James, if Joe Burrow is going to be in that comeback player of the year conversation you just referenced with BetOnline.ag, he's going to need help from the team around him. And we've talked about the offensive struggles. Let's zero in on the trenches today. Riley Reef did not practice with the pads on for the first time on Tuesday after he got dinged up on one of the last plays that they went through with the ones and 11-on-11s on Monday that ended up with an interception. He didn't practice then. So with Fred Johnson also nursing that quad injury, that soft tissue injury we discussed yesterday, it was rookie Deontay Smith. At right tackle. And I was personally, I said this on the podcast, very excited to see Deontay Smith, see what he had to offer. And to to use Ben Baby's words, he had his welcome to the NFL day today provided by Sam Hubbard, who was routinely beating the rookie. And so (laughs) there could be a number of reasons for this. One of the clips that I saw specifically was one-on-ones and you know, one-on-ones tend to favor the defensive line. And when you're a guy like Sam Hubbard going against somebody who we knew was a bit of a project and was going to need some development in Deontay Smith, maybe you would hope Sam Hubbard would win that one-on-one, but it sounds like it was a theme throughout the day, a lot of pressures. And I mean, you, you even mentioned Trey Hendrickson getting an interception for crying out loud. I mean, a good day for those defensive linemen and a rotational day for the most part, for that offensive line, which could have contributed to some of that defensive line success with Jackson Carmen, Mike Jordan, and Deontay Smith all running with the ones, along with Billy Price, because Trey Hopkins isn't back in team drills yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was backup city. And you're right. Welcome to the NFL, Rook. Deontay Smith, 35-and-a-half-inch arms. It, It doesn't matter against Sam Hubbard. And you're talking about a guy who's obviously technically sound. And there were so many times where Hubbard just looked like he was past Smith before Smith got out of his stance. Now, that wasn't necessarily the case, but it's just Hubbard was blowing past him. And I'll use the uh, the, the one example that you, you mentioned, Trey Hendrickson's interception. It wasn't like Trey Hendrickson did anything special. He was dropping back into coverage. And what happened was his burrow would have gotten sacked about four times. And as he was stepping up into the pocket, uh, he just kind of threw it out there. And there was really not a receiver in the area. I was just thinking he was like, all right, I'm going to get rid of the ball now. And it was right to Trey Hendrickson, who was dropping back at the time. And it was just one of those where it was like, oh my gosh, you're just it, it's just uh continues to roll and roll and roll and snowball in the wrong direction for this offense. So yeah, Deontay Smith certainly gonna learn from it. But to me, the big takeaway, Akeem energy, you did a little rehab work and stuff, but he, he does seem like he's still far away. You got Riley Reef now, he's dinged up. Even if it's not serious, it, it's pretty clear. You don't have a lot of tackle depth. We don't know how long Fred Johnson's going to be out. Zach Taylor said around a week with the quad. It, it, and even if he wasn't, it, you still need to add someone. Tackle depth is something we've talked about a lot on this podcast over the past few months. Uh, there are some veterans out there. Not sure if they're willing to to pit play. I don't know if they want to play, right? Rick, Rick Wagner is the guy we've talked about. But they, they got to find somebody because if you trot Deontay Smith out there before he's ready, then what the hell are you doing? That could never and should have never been the plan. And I get it. Injuries happen sometimes, but uh, you got to try to find another option. And there's got to be someone experienced enough that can at least hold down the fort in practice so the offense can get the work done necessary to to potentially move forward.
2: Now, it does become a little bit tricky. You, you can't carry – too many offensive linemen on the 53-man roster. And yes, the Bengals' depth right now seems to be hurting, you know, with, with Riley Reef and Fred Johnson literally hurt and, and their one backup tackle. I guess there are some other guys, but their primary backup tackle that you're expecting to make the team. And Deontay Smith struggling a little bit on Tuesday. Who else is there? Well, you mentioned Fred Johnson. Not sure when he'd be back. Hobson wrote, I guess, going off of what Zach Taylor said, about a week for Fred Johnson to get back. But then even then, Fred Johnson, about a year removed from the last time he played quality football, consistent football. And so, yeah, bringing in a veteran does make sense. But the other side of that coin is always how do you figure out the roster when training camp shakes out? Because there are cut downs and I don't know whether they'll be able to carry five tackles or or what the plan would be there necessarily. How about defensive line? Sam Hubbard, very big day today. A lot of that going against mm-hmm. Deontay Smith, but good to see that from, from Hubbard just off that extension that he signed. And I was a little bit curious to talk about some of the interior defensive There's Still know Larry Ogunjobi on the topic of trench players, another guy that we still haven't seen with an injury. Cam Sample's been back at practice. Joseph, Joseph Osai is a guy that we haven't heard a ton about so far. I know there was a really nice play from Josh Tupou, but I am very curious to know how some of these guys that we haven't talked about yet on the defensive line are doing. James, do you have any comments on those guys? Anything stood out from them?
0: Not a ton, right? I mean, because here's the thing is today, it was such a a dominating and overwhelming performance, but do you really want to judge it based on that? Here's what I would say is, uh, you know, overall, this Bengals offensive line lost the day. At the same time, these defensive linemen, is Sam Hubbard going to have 20 sacks this year? Well, he looked like it on, on Tuesday, but but I, I'm not sure, right? Trey Hendrickson, uh, and I know I'm not sure, he's not going to do that. Trey Hendrickson, uh, you know, they're expecting double digit sacks, but we'll see there. And uh, outside of that, it, it, it's tough here's what i'll say uh about like joseph osai cam sample i haven't seen much of him yet it's only been a couple days since he was cleared to practice but, but joseph osai was getting some individual uh one-on-one attention during some of the the team periods i think there were just certain technique things that the um that marion hobby took me a second to remember his name that defensive line coach marion hobby wanted to address with him uh so that's one thing that, that stood out on tuesday but no, there's not. There hasn't been anything egregious in a bad way, and, and nothing great. Uh, in during the team periods, I will say this: during second and third team, Chris Evans had a couple nice runs. Um, Samaj P. Ryan had a nice run or two, and uh, I forgot to mention at the top, Joe Mixon didn't finish practice. So something to monitor there. He was just standing on the sidelines with no helmet for a bit, and uh, he was getting his ankle taped at one point. Uh, so that opened it up for some of those other guys. But yeah, as far as the defensive line goes, we just haven't seen a ton yet. And in Tuesday, obviously, was our first day in full pads and they were dominant. But again, you almost have to take it with a grain of salt considering who was in and who wasn't.
2: Yeah. And just to reiterate, before we doomsay say too much and we sound the fire alarms too much, the offensive line for much of practice today was Jonah Williams at left tackle and four guys that are currently not being projected to start. From left to right, Jonah Williams, Mike Jordan getting in there today, getting his day with the ones a little bit, not exclusively with the ones, but more opportunities than we've seen so far in camp. Billy Price, as I mentioned, continuing to work as Trey Hopkins eases his way back in coming off of his own ACL injury. Jackson Carmen getting his first big opportunity today at right guard and Deontay Smith down to your probably third choice at right tackle for much of the day. So the, the takeaway there isn't necessarily that the plan for the line is, is doomed, but it's that mm-hmm. when your depth, which is going to be tested because this is the NFL, is going up against your starters without Larry Joby, they had a rough time. And so maybe this means we need to evaluate whether these depth players on the roster, we being the Bengals front office, need to evaluate whether they are the right players to round out the roster or if it is time, as you mentioned, James, to go out and try to find the veteran that can bolster this unit just a little bit, just to find a little bit more stability somewhere instead of relying exclusively on youth and upside. Anthony Munoz did stick around with the Bengals' offensive line. He and Frank Paula yeah. giving them a talking to for 15, 20 minutes after practice. Hopefully that message resonates as... It sounds like the secondary has resonated and Vaughn Bell has some very nice things to say about the newcomers there. We'll talk secondary
0: coming up next. The Bengals offensive line struggling a bit. The offense struggling a bit. Built bar is maybe what they need to get their hands on. We talk about built bars all the time. The number one protein bar on the planet. And look, there's something for everyone. They have nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. And the best part isn't the fact that they're covered in 100% chocolate or that they taste amazing. It's the fact that they're macro-friendly, high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, perfect for you. So check them out right now at Built.com. And when you're there and you go to order some of the best protein bars on the planet, make sure you use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com.
2: We're going to talk secondary here to wrap up the show. But James, before we started recording, you said that there weren't any kicker notes today. It sounds like Evan McPherson did, in fact, kick some field goals. According to Jeff Hobson, was five of six and missed one from 56 yards. This has been your Evan McPherson update for today's episode of Locked On Bengals. Let's continue with our discussion about the secondary, James. I, I know you wanted to get something in there, but let's focus on what we were planning to do for this segment, which is is Von Bell speaking very highly of the Bengals' additions in the secondary, saying that they fit very well for essentially what Luana Rumo's plan is for this defense. And that has shown up in a lot of ways. Now Trey Wayne's still not practicing. Darius Phillips had an injury. He didn't practice on Tuesday either. But Chidobe Awuzier, we we talked about him getting beaten one-on-ones by Jamar Chase earlier, continues to show up, making some nice plays, breaking up passes. Mike Hilton has made some plays of his own. We obviously, we talked yesterday about Jesse Bates punching a ball out. Von Bell has gotten his hands on a lot of passes as well, tipping a lot of balls. Generally speaking, this secondary has had a very strong start to training camp. And at that the, the, the one thing that stands out to me about this that is actually applicable to the whole team before we talk specifically about these guys is seems like the camaraderie is really good and and maybe we mm-hmm. talked about this last year too and I know we did a little bit talk about this last year but CJ uzama talked about this a little bit too the locker room does seem to be tighter knit and continuing to grow tighter knit and that can help as we need to see this team establish some culture and and get that control that culture to be a consistent force as well pushing the team in the right direction but It's nice to see that that also applies to the secondary and Von Bell is very happy with his new running mates back there.
0: Yeah, he admitted that guys last year in the locker room pointed fingers, you know, when when people were making mistakes or when a player made a mistake. And it doesn't seem like they have that now. With that said, they haven't had a bunch of adversity right? Because it's not like the offense is firing on all cylinders and humming. So it's easy to say that and be all kumbaya right now, but it does feel that way. And I think the key is, is when you look at the individuals, right? So you look at Jesse Bates, certainly not a me first player. We've known him. We've gotten to know him during his three plus years in Cincinnati. Mike Hilton doesn't seem like that coming from the Steelers organization, undrafted guy, someone who's certainly overachieved from what the expectations were from him coming into uh, his career. Von Bell, it, definitely not a me first type guy. So uh, all these guys, are the, the way, and I could go on and on, Trey Waynes, all these guys, it just, it seems to fit really well. And, and that's the key. That was my big takeaway from what Bell said. Is it just the pieces fit? They were either underappreciated or underutilized or underpaid. And, you know, they're combining forces with a guy like Jesse Bates, who's uh, certainly not cocky, but is confident. And he continues to make plays, by the way. Made a really nice play on. I'm trying to. Oh, it's Puka Williams in one-on-ones. Puka beat him, and uh, he he knocked the ball out last second. So good news is is Puka won that matchup, but uh, he couldn't hang on, and, and Bates poked it away. So yeah, I think uh, I think it fits well. At the same time, I'm hoping because you know the uh, the cliche is iron sharpens iron, and we've heard that the past couple of days when it's defense versus offense. At some point, I want the offense to be uh, strong enough to sharpen the defense. (laughs) And right now that hasn't been the case, but the secondary does seem like it is more tight knit than it's been in recent years.
2: I really do wonder why the offense hasn't been able to get it going, but there's plenty of time to figure that out and speculate about (laughs) it. Uh, You know, the next time we talk to the offensive coaches, we being you, the, the media that's there in person, I'd be curious to hear if there are any reasons that maybe we're not thinking about, that the offense is behind at this point in camp, or if it is truly just an execution thing and they're getting outplayed, but still very encouraging to see this from the secondary. You know, we we've seen as fans and as observers, William Jackson and not much else for the last couple of years at this point under Zach Taylor, they bring in Trey Waynes to be a guy and then he gets hurt. Of course, he's dealing with an injury again. It sounds like it's much more minor by comparison to to what he dealt with last year, but getting some playmaking from Mike Hilton, from Chido Uboguier, from these safeties, where it seems like things are gelling, things are are comfortable for for some of these guys in Lou Anamurmo's system. That's a very good sign, and and bodes well for really a front seven that, despite their successes in the last few days, I think still has a lot to prove in terms of pass rush chops, especially when it comes to beating other teams in the regular season that way. And so having the secondary to back that up is is always a welcome sight. And hopefully this just bodes well for the future of this defense that has been really pretty well maligned under Lou Anarumo, And a lot of people would like to point the finger at the defense for some of the struggles last year in some of those games the Bengals could have won.
0: Yeah. Could you imagine if this defense actually wins them some games this year? I don't think anyone expected that, even though they've invested so many resources into it. And who knows? Maybe it is a tale of two things here, right? Burrow coming back from injury and not being as sharp with the offensive line still figuring it out. Jamar Chase taking a year off away from football, adjusting to life in the NFL. And then on the flip side, the defense is better than we expect. It could be that simple. but. We don't know that yet. And history tells us it hasn't been that simple when the Bengals' defense has been more dominant in camp. And heck, I was reading Browns clippings. the The Browns' offense was getting its head, its head kicked in a bit uh, by that defense. So it, it's early in camp. I'm not pressing panic, uh, but but hopefully the reason the offense is struggling so much, at least part of it, because I don't think it's all of it, but at least part of it is this defense is ready to go and ready to play at a much higher level than uh, any of us expected. Because I don't think anyone really expected them to be a top 10 defense. And I still don't think that's the case. But who knows? Maybe they surprise.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because during OTAs, we didn't get that vibe. Uh, You know, it wasn't that the defense was losing a lot or whatever, but it was, you know, the offense was doing some things, especially in seven on sevens. And for whatever reason, the script has really flipped since then. And it could just be a timing thing. Right, We've talked about this a few times where it could just be the defense is ahead right now and they need a couple days on offense to, to get into it and fi- find their way and, and find that sharpness and get back into things. But this is a couple days in a row now, too, where there have been coaches keeping players after practice. Uh, you know, Zach Taylor did it with the offense, told him, you know, you should be frustrated. And then today we get it with the offensive line and maybe it's just because Anthony Munoz was there and they were going to do it either way. But Dan Hoare tweeted, he was standing right behind and listening to this conversation. Dan Hoare tweeted that Frank Pollock said, you know, these two guys, Lapham and, and Munoz, this is the standard that we're shooting for here. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's a good message, but uh, that, that, <laughs> that probably is, is more punitive. Maybe, maybe not. It, it could be more punitive than they planned for when they had Anthony Munoz to practice and plan to bring him over to talk to the offensive lineman afterwards.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, when I when I saw Anthony, the first thing he did, by the way, was went, walked up to, to Mike Brown, said hi to Mike Brown, and, and, and was talking, and I snapped a pick of that. Little did I know, because this is at the beginning of practice, before we even know who's running with the wands and if, if Reef is for sure out. Little did I know the day that uh, Munoz was going to show up, I'm sure he was thinking like, are we doing this again? <laughs> Is this what's happening again here at training camp?
2: <laughs> yeah. And just to reiterate one last time, it does sound like the same story we've heard the last few years. But again, keep in mind, many, many backups yeah. in on that offensive line today. They yeah. they do need to find depth that works. But when you're down four guys versus what you expect to start, at least three, right? If um, if Jackson Carmen does end up winning that job, then things are going to potentially look a little bit ugly when you're going against the ones. And so we'll see how things go. We've, we've got some more padded practices to look forward to here. A couple more days before the next day off. And again, I'm going to close the show by looking for good news for this offense, for this offensive line. I mean, what's a guy got to give to get one day of, man, the offensive line looked really good today. I just I just want that to be the headline one day in the next week and I I hope I'm not left wanting
0: yeah I certainly I hope you're not either I, I hope I get to write that headline and and not be lying right or, or posting it on April 1st because it's April Fool's day right so we'll uh we'll see a lot of it's going to depend on Riley reef and, and others and, and the health of them and the good news is is Zach Taylor will talk on. Wednesday afternoon so we'll get an update on some of that stuff
2: yeah we can ask him about injuries which I'm sure will come up all the players the reporters love to ask if there are injury updates because people always want to know and so we'll get injury updates from Taylor tomorrow hopefully we get to ask the question we being you the media James of if there are reasons that we're not thinking about that maybe the offense is struggling because one thing that was pointed out is maybe they're not changing the place. Maybe they're just trying to work on specific things and they're not changing out of things when they know they would get on favorable matchups. And in a real game situation, perhaps Joe Burrow changes a play there. But regardless, maybe we'll get some answers tomorrow. Certainly we'll see another day of practice and we will have the report for you there. Not sounding the alarm yet, but we're getting close. We've located the alarm in case we need it. And... We're going to keep an eye on things. We'll see if this becomes alarm-worthy in the next few days. Until next time, Bengals fans, we've got another training camp recap coming for you tomorrow. day, and have a good one.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.